So uh, at this point, let's grab our hymnals, folks, and we'll stand for our final hymn tonight, prior to the message, that is. Let's uh, open up to 164, one of our favorites. And we won't uh, mention the mess, the mess going on in the politics. It's a big mess. That's all we can say. Let's stand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't you glad that everything's in the Lord's hands? <laughs> it's a good thing everything's in God's hands because the way these politicians are going, boy, we're in big trouble. Uh, 164, folks. Aren't you glad for his amazing grace tonight? And uh, we're going to sing the first, the second, and the fourth of 164. First, second, and fourth. seated and let's grab our Bibles at this time let's uh, open up to the book of Psalms this evening still have not decided on which book we're going to be teaching and preaching through exege uh, expositionally but we shall shortly meantime let's open up Lord laid a message on my heart for tonight concerning the Word of God, and uh, I'd like to take a few moments tonight, if I could, to just brag about this holy book we have, the Bible, amen. Now, if you've got a King James Bible tonight, you've got something that is superior to any Greek manuscript, any, any Hebrew manuscript that's ever existed, because the Word of God in the English-speaking tongue is the perfect, final, divine revelation of God to mankind. In fact, 
the King James Bible is so superior to every other version and to every other manuscript that's ever existed that it corrects them. Amen. It corrects them. I'm so glad in Psalm 119 for this particular verse, which we're going to read, then we'll pray and preach. Psalm 119. I want you to listen carefully tonight, beloved, to the word of God. There's only one. There's only one Bible, I said. One. Every other version of the Bible is just a perversion. It's not the Bible, it's just a perversion of the Bible. you got to, you got to understand that. There's only one Bible. Here it is. In Psalm 119, look with me at verse 89. By the Holy Ghost, David writes, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever, O Lord. Thy word is settled in heaven. I want to speak to you tonight, beloved, on the word of God. Father in heaven, how we thank you for the holy book, the Bible, that you have given the greatest gift mankind has ever received. It contains the heart, will, and mind of God. It contains the plans and purposes of our creator. It gives direction. It gives life to the soul. It tells us where, where we came from and where we're going. Lord, we're so grateful tonight that this book is all we need for time and eternity. We're so grateful that it instructs us, making the man of God thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We're so glad that it's profitable to us for instruction in righteousness, for correction, for reproof. Oh God, we're so thankful that you have given thy word. And oh Lord, how little cherished it is in the world today lord they do not understand where the greatest treasure on earth lies it's the word of god and lord we're thankful for those who know that tonight we're thankful for those who have come into an intimate communion and union with thee and thereby learned that the word of god is the word of god <laughs> thank you for that tonight lord bless your word as we look in to this glorious verse in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, beloved, here in verse 89 of Psalm 119, the Bible's longest chapter. It's all about the Bible, by the way. Every, every uh, verse except two. And we read in verse 89, forever. That's a long time. O Lord, who he's talking about, thy word is settled in heaven. In heaven. Now, beloved, I want to give you three things tonight concerning the Word of God. I, I call them the three P's of the Word of God. I want to give you the, uh, the incredible pre, uh, permanence of the Word of God. And then I want us to look at the person of the Word of God. And finally, tonight, we'll look at the power of the Word of God. The three P's of the Word of God. First, the Word of God. I want us to see tonight the permanence of of the word of God. But before we do, beloved, here in verse 89, this lines up perfectly with Jesus Christ said in Matthew 13. Remember, Jesus said when he interpreted the parable of the sower, the field was the world and that the seed was the word of God. Beloved, it is our responsibility to distribute the word of God to those who've never heard 
But why not distribute the works of Shakespeare to them? How about some other great author? Why not distribute the Encyclopedia Britannica? That's got a lot of information. How about Webster's Dictionary? That's a good one. Why the emphasis on distributing the Word of God? Well, beloved, briefly this evening, I want to share with you three things about the Word of God that will answer these questions. That is its permanence, its person, and its power. The first one we need to look at is its permanence. The permanence of the word of God. Verse 89 we read. What's the first two words? Forever. <laughs> Thank you, Rita. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. You know, folks, I can tell you one thing tonight for sure. Everything in this world is transitory. Everything in this world is temporal. You know that? Except for one thing. <laughs> the word of God. Only the word of God is permanent. It liveth and abideth forever. Because unlike any other book, this book is alive. You don't read it, it reads you. <laughs> it's permanent. Now, listen carefully. There was never a time when the Word of God did not exist. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Wow. That means that before the light of the day, before there was the illumination uh, of the sun, there was the word of God. Before the sun, before the moon, before the stars, before the mountains, before the oceans, before the rivers, the streams, the lakes, before the deserts, before the trees, before the animals, before the insects, before the fish, before the fowls, birds of the air, and before the man and before the woman, there was the word of God. <laughs> before anything was made the word of God was there if you go to Prov don't go there Proverbs chapter number 8 it's all about the word of God personified and that person is Jesus Christ amen and it says that he was with the father at the creation because he is God now folks before anything was brought into existence there was the eternal inspired, infallible, perfect, pure, powerful Word of God. There never was a time when the Word of God was not. <laughs> it's always been the Word of God, and it always will be the Word of God. That's like unlike any other book there's ever been in the history of the world, because it is not the Word of man, but of God. And then, notice the other side of this coin. Listen carefully. Not only... Before anything was made was the word of God, but also after everything ceases to be, there will be the word of God. You see that? From, from everlasting to everlasting, thy word is truth. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Wow. <laughs> Listen, after science, philosophy, education, governments, nations, kingdoms, empires, tyrants, dictators, terrorists, and kings pass away, the word of God will still be. After they all roll over in their grave, the word of God will still be. After time and eternity exist no more, the word of God still will be. You've got to understand the permanence of the word of God. Listen to me, after theology, 
biology, psychology, sociology pass away, the word of God will still be. After socialism, communism, capitalism, corruptionism pass away, the word of God will still be. After gold, silver, rubies, diamonds, the dollar, the yen, the ruble, and the shekel pass away, the word of God will still be. There will be the precious living word of the living God forever and ever. You say, why is that, Pastor? It's because of the permanence of the word of God. You cannot destroy this book. You cannot annihilate it. You cannot erase it from time and history because this book is permanent. It's permanent. Uh, listen now. First of all, the word of God is permanent. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 40. And then we'll move on to our second point. Here is a verse by the great prophet Isaiah through the Holy Spirit about the word of God. And watch what he says so clearly to the world concerning it. In comparison to man, <laughs> the word of God excels. Look at it. Isaiah chapter 40. Look with me at verse 6. The voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. And all the goodness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth. But the word of our God shall stand forever. I love it. He says there's something permanent in this world, and it's the word of God. Everything else is passing away except his word. Folks, how important do you believe tonight that that makes the word of God to this world? The only permanent thing on earth and how little people think of it, how disrespectful they treat it, how mockingly they jab, they mock it. Oh, beloved, it is the most important thing in the universe, the word of God, because it is the only thing that can tell us where we'll go after this life is over. It's permanence indeed. But secondly, now, we've seen the permanence of the Word of God tonight. Secondly, let's notice the person of the Word of God. Go with me, beloved, to Revelation for a moment. I want to read you a verse as we look at the person of the Word of God. Remember I said there in John 1, 1, by the way, we're going to Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. In John 1, 1, the Bible said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Speaking of Jesus Christ, then it says, and the word, Jesus Christ, was God. You see that? It's the person behind the word of God whose name is Jesus Christ. Look at this. Revelation 19, verse 11. John, this hasn't happened yet, but it will shortly. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness doth he judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Wow! <laughs> Beloved, his name, Jesus Christ's name, is the Word, capital W, of God. It's who, he is the Logos of God. Now, Beloved, the central character 
of all of Scripture is Jesus Christ. The Bible tells of his pre-existence in John 1.1. The Bible tells of his virgin birth in Isaiah 7.14. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and shall be with child, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, that is God with us. The Bible tells of his atoning death in Romans 5 verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. The Bible tells us of his victorious resurrection in Revelation 1 verse 18. Jesus said to John, Behold, I am he that was dead and am alive forevermore. The Bible tells of his triumphant return in Acts chapter 1 verse 11. The angel said, This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen go into heaven. Glory to God. The Bible tells us of his righteous kingdom. In Revelation chapter 20, verse uh, verse number 6, it says, And they lived and ruled and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Oh yes, it's all about Jesus. Why? Because he is the person of the word of God. Folks, listen to me. Everything in the Bible revolves around the person of Jesus Christ. You've got to understand that. An old preacher once said, the Bible is just one big book about Jesus. (laughs) He was right. From cover to cover, it's all about him. Beloved, consider this. You open the Bible anywhere and it reveals Jesus Christ. Read the Bible anywhere, and it writes of Jesus Christ. Listen to the Bible anywhere, it speaks of Jesus Christ. That is why Philip could take a portion of Isaiah that the Ethiopian eunuch was reading and begin to preach to him Christ Jesus. (laughs) He says, that's Jesus Christ, Isaiah 53, dying for your sins. Amen? Why? It's all about Jesus. The person of the Word of God is a man named Jesus Christ. Glory to God. He was incarnate. He was our creator coming down to become one of us, to pay the penalty for our sins. Yes, the person of the word of God is Jesus. And until a person comes to that realization, the Bible will not make any sense. Hear what I said? You know why Muslims are so confused? Buddhists and all these religion, Hindus, all these different religions, they're so confused. They have no forgiveness for sin. They don't know how to have their sins atoned for because they don't know who Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ is the central theme and glorious divine object of the Bible. All of it. It's all about him. And Jesus said in Psalm 40, by, by around verse 8, in, Behold, in the volume of the book, It is written of me. (laughs) You know what he just said? He said, this whole book is about me. Could you imagine a man standing up and making that statement? There's only one in history that could mean it. That was Jesus Christ. He said, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. For in the volume, the entire volume of the canon of scripture, it's all written about me. (laughs) Wow. Well, beloved, we've seen the permanence of the word of God. It's permanent. We've seen the person of the word of God. It's Jesus Christ. But finally, we must see the power of the word of God. And I like this most of all. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. The power of the word of God is eternal, not temporal. Just like the person of the word of God is eternal. The permanence of the word of God is eternal. 
so too is the power thereof. Look with me in Hebrews chapter 4. Look with me at verse number 12. Paul writes, we believe Paul to be the human penman by the Holy Ghost. Verse 12. For the word of God, he's going to tell you what the word of God is, okay? For the word of God is quick. Anybody tell me what that word means? Quick? Begins with an A. Alive. That's the old English word for something that is alive. It's quick. At, unlike today, it means fast. And, and what's the next word? And powerful. It's powerful. And, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It means it can reach your inner parts and change you from the inside out. And of the joints and marrow, and something else about the Word of God. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know what that just said? It said that book reads you. That book knows everything about you. It discerns, it understands your very thoughts of your heart. Wow! Why? It's so powerful. It's It's quick, it's sharp, and it's powerful. Verse 12 says... Now, beloved, I don't know about you, but I like the fact that I've got a, a book that is omnipotent. I've got a book that can um, crucify my sins. I've got a book that can raise me from the dead. I've got a book that can give me eternal life in heaven above. Why? It's powerful. Listen carefully. There is much power in this world. Yeah, that's true. There's power in the world. There's nuclear power. There's political power to control nations and people. There's military power to destroy armies and strongholds. There's financial power to buy, sell, or trade. But the power of the Word of God is unlike any of those powers because it's greater than them all. (laughs) Hear what I said? I don't care what young kin Kim, a communist dictator of North Korea, does. He has no power whatsoever next to the power of this book. This book is the word of God. Now, this power is seen by its content. It contains the mind of God and the ways of man. It contains the doom of sinners and the hope of heaven. It contains the uncertainty of life and the measure of eternity. The power of the word of God is seen by its content. But something else, the power of the word of God is seen by its ability. It's able to do what you cannot do. Listen carefully. This book, the Bible, it is able to convict the heart and convert the soul of the sinner. It is able to conquer the will and capture the mind and heart of wicked man for God. It is able to transform the vilest of men into the very image of God. And that takes power, beloved. Your pastor standing before you tonight was a wicked man. My wife will tell you real quick. Until I met Jesus Christ through the word of God. He changed me. He changed my life. He changed me on the inside. And that was the power of his word coming into me. It'll change you. Now listen, folks. We have spoken of the permanence of the word of God. We've spoken of the person of the word of God. And we've spoken of the power of the Word of God. But in closing, let me ask you about the place. There's a fourth P, and that is the place of the Word of God in your life. 
uh, Jesus told those wicked Jews who sought to destroy him that his word had no place in them. Does the word of God give its, have its proper place in your life tonight, beloved? Do you read this book except on Sundays? I mean, do you read it during the week? Do you study it? Do you get into the word of God? It needs to have its proper place in our lives and in our hearts. Is it in your heart tonight? David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Is it in your home tonight? Moses said, thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Deuteronomy 6, verse 7, the statutes and judgments of the Lord. Is it in your hand tonight? But be ye doers of the word and not just hearers only, James 1.22 said. Are you doing what the word of God says to do? I wonder, are you living the word of God? Because, beloved, I've said all this tonight to say this. The word of God is divinely designed that you and I might live the word of God in our daily lives. That we might live in accordance with its statutes, with its requisites, with its instructions, with its grace. That we might live according to its power in our daily lives and in our walk. That's the purpose of 50, the purpose of the word of God. It's for you and I to live the word of God. Oh, beloved, Thomas Jefferson once said, I have always believed and always will that the studious perusal of the sacred word of God will make better citizens, better fathers, and better husbands for America. He was right. The word of God will make a man a man of God. Listen, George Washington said, It is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and his word. <laughs> he was right. We need the word of God in the White House, beloved. Abraham Lincoln said, I believe the word of God is the best gift God has ever given to mankind. All of the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this divine book. Lincoln was right. He was a man of God, and he understood that all of the blessings of God flow to mankind through this book, through this book, through this book. Oh, beloved, that's all true, those statements of these great men in history, simply because it is the word of God. It is the word of God. In P, one last thing, Paul said concerning the word of God in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, down around verse 19, he said, the word of God effectually worketh also in them that believe. The word works. Father in heaven, how we thank you tonight for the word of God. How we thank you for the five P's of the word of God. We thank you first for its permanence. It's a permanent possession that it'll last forever. Psalm 119, verse 89 said, forever. Lord, I thank you secondly for the person of the word of God. The person of the word of God is our glorious Lord, Jesus Christ. That one in whom we've fallen in love with. The person of the word of God. Lord, we thank you thirdly for the power of the word of God. The power that it has given and transformed us in our daily lives. That's power. And that's the power of the word of God. And then, Lord God, we thank you for the place, the place that the word of God takes in our lives. It has a place of preeminence. It's the most important possession a Christian contains in this life, the word of God. Lord, I once said, man should not leave home without the Bible. 
carry it wherever you go. Wherever you go, take the Bible with you. Thank you for the place it has. And then finally, Lord, thank you for the purpose. The purpose of the word of God. Paul said that it would work in you that believe. I'm thankful, Lord, that we can live the word of God. Not just learn it, not just memorize it, but live it practically in our daily lives. It's your purpose, Lord, and we're so grateful for it tonight. We're thankful most of all tonight, Lord, for the word of God. Through Jesus Christ we pray. The people said, Amen. Amen. Folks, let's grab our hymnals at this time. We will, in closing, we will sing one. And uh, I have the perfect hymn for us to sing in closing. It's called, it's called uh, Wonderful Words of Life. <laughs> Appropriate. Wonderful Words of Life. It's found on page three. The third hymn. Wonderful words of life. Aren't you glad we've got them and we'll always have them? Folks, we're going to sing the first and second as we stand and celebrate in song the word of God, the words of life. Oh, how blessed we are, church, tonight. I'm glad we're taping tonight's message. More can, more can glean from it. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, oh, wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty, teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Wonderful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Christ the blessed one gives to all wonderful words of life. Sinnerless to the loving call, wonderful words of life. All so freely Wonderful words of love, beautiful words, wonderful words of love, wonderful words of love, Wonderful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Oh, yes, they are, church. I'm so thankful for those of you who are able to make it out on a Wednesday night and uh, to worship the King with me and just to thank him for his word. It's just so good tonight to know the truth and to have the word of God uh, that cannot lie. Oh, what a blessing. We're blessed, church. We're greatly blessed, and we know he's coming back for us very soon. Father, thank you tonight for a good midweek service, a spiritual shot in the arm of encouragement from your word concerning your word. Lord, we grow to love this book more and more with each passing day now as we see the day approaching of your imminent return. 
The rapture of the bride of Christ, the church, will take place shortly. The tribulation period will ensue. The Antichrist shall take power over all the world. And at the end, you will come, Lord Jesus Christ, and destroy him and set up a glorious kingdom for a thousand years. So shall we ever be with the Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we comfort one another with these words. I thank you, Lord, that we're not, we're not uh, afraid. Lord, we're not perplexed. Lord, we're not worried over all these evil politicians and their evil deeds and their corruption. We know God. And we know that our God is completely sovereign, totally in control of everything in the universe. Therefore, we will not fear what man shall do. Thank you for it all tonight, Lord, but thank you most of all for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Out for our church prayer meeting tonight, folks.